Well, welcome, welcome, everyone. We are back for another episode of the HR Learn In podcast, and I am joined by my co-founder and co-host Fahad Kalaf. Fahad, how are you? Good, good, very well. How is everything? It's very good, very good, and we're approaching the end of 2020. I think it's fair to say that uh, a lot of people will say that this year can't end soon enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel this year was not even walking. It was like running marathon. I barely remember yeah. that I just entered to 2020, and I'm, I'm barely going to exit it soon. So, yeah, it's a blessed year yeah. somehow, but not every part. I think all of us have had times in our lives where we've had periods where we just can't wait for something to get over. But I think what's unique about this time is there's sort of a, a collective, you know, the tribe is, is planet Earth. And uh, yeah. a lot of people are in sync for this. But it's nice to see sort of the planning that's going on in the region for Expo 2020 for next year. And the Japanese are moving ahead with uh, the Olympics. So I think for me, these are to borrow from a previous crisis these are green shoots that are very optimistic and uh, those are the kind of things i look forward to yeah me too so we're we're joined for this particular podcast with uh one of our mentors from version 1.0 uh dorothy dalton joining us dorothy where are you right now i am in cold and wet brussels and wishing i could be with you in dubai oh well i'm sure that inshallah that will happen Soon enough, it's yeah, it's it's winter here too. It's sunny and I think 22 Celsius today, so we're all wearing thicker clothing to protect ourselves. I take 22. <laughs> totally happy with that. Yeah, and and, and the, trust me, the Canadian in me never takes this for granted. In uh, the month of November, uh, 2022, 20, and sunny, I every day I I appreciate that. Um, so we, we asked you to join us today on a very timely topic related to the unique times that we're in, the unique changes that has happened to so many people's work environment with a very core principle topic, which is trust in the workplace. And so, um, but before we get into that, we're going to take a short break, Fahad? Yeah, let's take a break, guys. Wow. I learned a lot as a mentor say make us think um that they said it was rather than because you're in the webinars that, that way you spread what really interests me started this program the tagline for this was welcome back everyone this is uh, brad boyson with the hr learning podcast with my co-host fahad kalaf and we have a guest joining us from europe is dorothy dalton who many of you probably remember from our version 1.0 HR learning learning series. Uh, welcome back, Dorothy. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. So just before the break, we mentioned that we're going to be talking about trust, trust in the workplace, workplace trust in terms of how the work environment has changed. But before we do that, maybe um, a little for those of you who people who might not know a bit about you and your background, feel free to give us a bit of an introduction. Um, okay, well, my background is in HR, and um, specifically, I have a focus on executive search coaching and training, and I've, I'm very much involved in supporting organizations to build 
diverse, inclusive workplaces, obviously with gender balance. So I work with organizations um, supporting them to achieve business success. And as a coach, I work with individuals um, to reach their potential. Wonderful. Wonderful. And inclusion itself, I'm sure that's a topic that much like trust that uh, is multifaceted and has ripples that impacts so many different things. And maybe in your talk today, you'll be mentioning some of the, the factors that relate to that. But I think, you know, the place that I want to start with is trust as it relates to the workplace itself and the idea of inclusion. Why is it so important as it relates to inclusion? Or is it important? My own opinion is, is that I think trust is the foundation of an inclusive workplace. Uh, I think when you look at all the different different definitions of diversity and inclusion, and there, there are lots of metaphors about going to dances and dance cards and all this sort of thing. Um, I just prefer the basics where diversity is a fact. It can generally be measured. And inclusion is a feeling. And that is much more difficult to, to quantify because you're, you're basically talking about how secure people feel in the in the workplace and whether they're prepared to come to work and be themselves and take a risk and people tend not to take risks unless they trust the people around them their team and their leaders and their organization and they trust themselves to fail and that there'll be no repercussions so i think it's really really important and um one of the things that I've been doing with organization, particularly now during the pan pandemic, when people are working in officeless workplaces, then you know, how, how can we bring that in, into our, our business lives? I hear, I hear in your answer to that, that expression, psychological safety. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's critical, absolutely critical. Fahad? Yeah, um, I'm just writing a couple of notes for that. Uh, what do you think, Dorothy, the implication of not trusting your workforce and employees? What do you think? Um, in, in the sense, as a manager? Yeah, as a manager, do you think? For example, as an executive or as, as, an, as a leadership? I, I think I think of it as a leader or a manager. If you don't trust your workforce, um, that is a leadership issue. I think you probably have made poor hiring decisions. It might mean that you are not communicating with them um, as you should be. It might mean that um, you're not open to receiving feedback. It might mean you're not giving feedback correctly. So there are lots of um, there are lots of issues at, at, at stake there, but I think I think if someone is surrounded by people they don't trust, that that they have done something quite wrong. I would imagine. I mean, don't you think so? Well, you're making me think too, Dorothy, of of a question, and I, maybe it's not going to come out the way I intended it. But trust and loyalty are those complementary, or are they adversarial sort of um, in the workplace? I think that is a depends. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think one of the one of the things that that you want to do, and I think it was Bill Bill Gates who who said something like that: you don't hire people to agree with you. So yes. what I think it would depend on what loyalty means to you. So in in an inclusive workplace based on trust, you're creating a speak up culture, right? Yes. Where people yeah. feel secure in speaking up. So. If your sense of loyalty is that everybody agrees with you and they stay with you through thick and thin, even though you're making mistakes, is that loyalty? I'm not so sure. Um, but if someone is loyal to you in the sense that they give you genuine and constructive feedback, then um, I think that can, be, that can also be a definition. It depends what you're looking for. Well, I think I struggle with that, you know, in the sense of, I think certain words have common meaning, not absolute meaning, but there's a, you know, a generally accepted common understanding. And I think in the past while, I'll use the word while without being more specific, I've seen that that, that word loyalty in particular has a very different meaning to some people. And you, you touch on it, you hit it, you know, in the sense that there's sort of a blind loyalty. And then there's the kind of loyalty that says, um, you know, uh, I'm loyal to you, trusting enough to you and have mutual respect enough to be honest with you. And sometimes that means I'm going to disagree, but the loyalty comes from the idea that we can have healthy disagreements, but after that, we realize that we're working on the same team, that we're working towards the same end objectives. And that's, you know, a, a constructive approach to the loyalty. And I just, I think I've been shocked in the past while as to how many people I see just see loyalty as you're either with us or you're against us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, and I think also what is, and that is very much associated with, you know, the command and control type yeah. organization yeah. leadership. Yeah. Um, I mean, what certain, certainly we're seeing now is in research coming out is that, that organizations that are, that are more inclusive, um, you know, levels of innovation, creativity are higher. Um, they're more in touch with their customers. They get better um, customer feedback. They have higher retention levels, reduced absenteeism, higher levels of em employee engagement, faster decision making, and the general health and well-being of their, their organizations are higher. So there's a lot of reasons for re-evaluating the way we approach our business organizations, but it's, there's a huge amount of resistance to it. Um, and that's based on, as you said, Brad, this old school thinking, you yeah. know, and um, we, and one of the lines that's come out of the pandemic, which I really like, is that you, you, you can't address new problems with old, old thinking. We, sure. have to, we all have to change. I have a question too. Again, it, it's, it's correlating with some ideas, but you, you got me thinking about it and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Or so it's actually a question in the form of an assertion. One of the assertions I've made in terms of the concept of inclusion is that diversity is a natural consequence of true and effective inclusion. Does that work with you, that, that, that assertion, or do you see yeah. holes in that? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, think, I think that is absolutely right. Um, and, yeah. and 
But I think what happens is that people get caught up in the diversity because it's measurable. You can't measure feelings. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're going out big time for um, the numbers. Now, the numbers are important because you do need a critical mass. Um, but if, if you have an inclusive, if once you've reached that critical mass, then um, and, and you have an inclusive organization, then the rest will come. So it, it's, a, it's about, you know, getting some of your numbers right and then creating an inclusive environment. Uh, I, and you touch upon such an important point in that I think what I've seen in different sort of more progressive um, HR practices in recent years is, is there's still often a hierarchy that some people just want to skip over, like, you know, that you can just jump to the top level of it and not build towards it or there's not sort of a um, progression towards and i think uh inclusion diversity and and these trust topics are examples of that especially in terms of uh inclusion because i i saw someone last week talk about the the idea of the the most progressive approach to inclusion is um, diversity of thought and they were very, they pushed back hard against this idea. And I think, well, it's not the same thing as saying differences of thought that, you know, like it's diversity of thought is kind of a derivative of emotional intelligence. I can understand where you're coming from. I just don't necessarily agree with it. And I, the more points of view that I can understand that I don't necessarily agree with, to me, that is diversity of thought. The point they were making was that people say, well, diversity of thought simply means I don't always have to agree with you. Do you know what, you know what I mean? The difference there? Yeah, I, I think it's about, about being open to listening and processing Absolutely. Different, different opinions. And, and I think um, one of the things that we see in our hiring processes, which are you know, considered to be relatively ineffective, that we're constantly um, recruiting and promoting people who aren't necessarily the right person for the job, that they might, cultural fit is, you know, something, a term that we hear a lot. So they tend to be like the other people in the group. Um, and that's how you get the, the concept of a dominant culture, that it's almost this un, unspoken way of this is the way we do things here. Um, so it, it's about breaking out from, from those old habits and old processes and considering other ways of, of doing business and setting up our organizations. Yeah. Um... I would like to add something because um, I think coming to the point to be able to uh, open to, to listen and feedback. And I think uh, the main important thing that leaders and stakeholders need to keep in mind is they need to, they need someone to tell them what they have to know, not what they want to, to, to know. Or basically we want someone to tell us what we really need to hear, not what we want to hear. And there are two different things. Sometimes the reality will force us to, to say something. Sometimes it might even be against your, your thoughts and your approach. But unfortunately, and, and as you mentioned at the beginning, I think loyalty makes a big difference between a group or a tribe where some people said, 
your loyalty has to be for me or your your loyalty has to be for the company growth so if the company growth you will you should be able to accept whatever comes out of the the, the employees even if it might be against your thoughts and here's i think for me it really uh, create a big lash or a big crash when when people said we have we do have an open door policy but mm-hmm. unfortunately when when you come start discussing a lot of points then you figure out you're not dealing with physical door you're dealing with with side of uh, psychology closed door mentality and i think here's where the old school uh, trust come up in between but i do have questions uh, dorothy uh, what do you think the importance of trust in, uh, in the pandemic um well i i think one of the things that a lot of organizations are struggling with is that they can't see what their employees are doing you know that they're they're not on site um certainly in europe um well in belgium we've gone back now to working from home and but some organizations um within social distancing and maybe going in one day a week and only a certain percentage of the workforce so um some leaders are really struggling with that because it, you know if if it's a sort of we it used to be if you can't measure it you can't manage it but now it's if you can't yeah. see it you can't manage it so for a lot of managers it, it it's getting over that thing that just because you can't see what people are doing it doesn't mean to say that they're not working and um you know a couple of things have come up um in in the past few weeks about um people the schools are closed for example they were closed and certainly in some parts of europe closed again and you know that means that people who are working from home with kids you know they are not able to sit at their desks 9 till 5 or 9 till 6 or whatever it is because they also have other responsibilities so it it requires a new type of open leadership to empower these people and trust them to make the right decisions to um reach company objectives or organizational objectives and that there are some leaders who are really struggling with that and you can see this in um the some organizations are introducing software monitoring and mm-hmm. you know where that they can tell when you've logged on they can tell how long you're you're um on the server or you're at your keyboard or what particularly if you've got a company device so that's um that i think is is very demotivating and i've heard employees very openly talk about they log on they type a few things on the keyboard and then they go um so right. it would be much better to just trust them and measure them on the results you know agree objectives agree what needs to be done maybe adjust a time frame and then let that person get on with them and trust them to deliver i mean we've talked about command and control before i think with you in in our earlier version 1.0 hr learn in and it just it's it's just these old habits die so hard and it if i can't think of anything more and i'm trying to use like a nice word you know to describe a boss a leader who would revert to monitoring work performance because you know as hr we struggle with the idea of simply coming to work and some of this is imposed upon us from laws and other things that require a certain degree of record keeping 
as it relates to, you know, being at work. But if there's one thing I learned many, many years ago, it's that being at work is not working and it is not, you know, the same thing as work. And, and to see this habit sort of rear its ugly head in, in during the pandemic and work from home when it's to me, the perfect opportunity to demonstrate why that was never right in the first place. Yet here we go. We've got some, you know, I'll be nice, well-intended people who think that using technology to, you know, you create a virtual time clock from home is somehow moving forward when in fact it is just brutally moving backwards. No, I, I, I agree. And certainly um, in the days when, from my corporate life, I mean, workplaces are big time wasters, aren't they? Um, you know, you have all these meetings where most of them are, you know, a waste of time. Um, you, you're chit-chatting around the desk. You're doing all of these things that are not totally productive. So for me, it is much better route to empower your team to produce results and trust them to create if you like project management so they they deliver those when they're supposed to and certainly indications are that companies that are organized like that are managing this pandemic much better than those that that aren't yeah it's certainly it's certainly showing that isn't it yeah 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 i mean it, it seems that way in some organizations Organizations are saying to um, em employees, don't, don't come back until, I was talking to someone yesterday um, in the Netherlands, they're not opening up until September 2021. Yeah, sorry. Fahad, you then, were saying? Yeah, I would like to add something because uh, you guys just made me think about something or let you, you helped me to connect a couple of dots together. Innovation, for someone to be innovated, uh, innovated and creative, you need to give them a space okay a space in terms of doing the work thinking giving their feedback collaboration so for you to give someone a space you need to trust them for you you need to give them that trust and at the same time also you need to empower them with the necessary tools knowledge skills not only that is also you need to provide them with the necessary delegation to do necessary communication with someone to handle a little bit of work and so on and, and that will all bring us to a bottom point, which is micromanagement versus macromanagement. And I think for, for you, someone to be innovative, you need to be in the macromanagement level. It's very hard to be innovative or happy at work when you have a micro mindset, micromanagement, micro uh, environment, micro culture which sometimes you need it, but you don't need it to that limit where sometimes we need a softwares to, to, you know, to calculate and monitor every single thing. And trust me, the whole point right now, and I think before the pandemic, we were enforcing people said, hey guys, move out from nonsense uh, objective. Try to do a raw objective, which is result-based or, or, uh, result work environment. Now, what happens is even if we enforce results, we, we, are, go, we are falling to another, uh, I could feel, uh, another shortfall, which is the human part. If we don't have that kind of a human interaction, we don't have that space. And the main thing, we don't have that trust. 
among our relationship. And I think this is a big fault to any organization, regardless what technology they will be using. So I think this is, that helped me to connect a couple of dots that I did have a confusion on. And uh, yeah, it really helped on. Uh, I don't know, Dorothy, uh, Brad, uh, sorry, what, 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 is, what is your uh, comment on that, Dorothy? I don't know if you agree with me or not, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do, and and I think one of the things about inclusive leadership is is that um, really establishing a communication preference. So, and I think I touched on that on the, on the workshop I did with you in the first series is that. Mm -hmm different people need different things so um certainly there are some people who who might like to be checked in on um more regularly than others there are some people who just like to be given a task and left to get on with it for weeks on end but there are others who might need um and and value a more regular input so i, I think for for managers it, it, it's about establishing what 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 people need to make them deliver their best results and you know listening to them and you know saying okay what what do you need from me to make you successful in this and they might say well I, it would be great if we could have a meeting twice a week or one or once a week or whatever it is and um and finding a way to work around that what and once you've done that when people feel listened to and they have a voice um then that is also part of the trust um, spectrum, I think. Well, I think one of the, the, the positives to come out of a very challenging year is a lot of the things that HR people who are really in touch with, you know, emotional intelligence, cultural intelligence, all of these um, human factors of work, not so much the old school industrial factors of work, are going to prove to be, you know, the value add that a lot of people intrinsically already knew they were, but we'll have a lot more evidence after, you know, the period that we're going through of, of organizations who lack trust and the, the performance that, that followed from that and the organizations that enabled trust and uh, enabled inclusion and the performance from that. And, and going into the pandemic and coming out of it, it's almost like the organizations that, are, that have these, these more progressive practices are going to get sort of two bumps, two pushes, two accelerants in terms of, of at least relative to their competitors. So, I think one of the final questions that I wanted to ask you about too, for people who are looking for, you mentioned a really interesting idea that's got me thinking this idea of facts versus feelings in terms of, of, of the, you know, the, the transpositions of the comments, but how about um, behaviors, you know, in terms that demonstrate trust either what should people either be looking for or perhaps if you're in a role of leadership where others look to you what types of behaviors are really important in times like this in all times but especially times like this to demonstrate trust i i, I think that's that's a great question and i think it it's something that we can all do so it, it's not just about the leader but it's also the person um who is on a team um, it, it's about being consistent, I think. I think people who are erratic, um, that, that is a real trust and danger. I think it's behaving with honesty 
and fairness. I think it's about transparency and integrity and, and also about intention. So, you know, I think if people have good intentions and they make a mistake, people are much more um, forgiving than if there is some doubt about their motives. So if, if you look, if you like, uh, that's the sort of the character side of the equation, then you've got all the competence sides in terms of skills and um, knowledge, experience and performance, all of those things, which are hard skills, they're the measurables, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then on the character side, you've got all of these intangibles and they're about the things that you do all day, every day, and the way that you conduct yourself. And I think when you behave in that way and so that people trust you, uh, they also have confidence in you. Very well um, said and sort of it, it also works well to sort of bring our discussion towards a close. So. Um, any final thoughts, Dorothy, on the general topic of trust and inclusion that you wanted to share with our audience? No, I, I think I think it it's really important to um, to understand that um, establishing trust is not just the role of the manager. I mean, it, mm. it's there. Sure. It, they're certainly the, the, the leader of the message and, and the person who embodies the organizational culture, but it's also about empowering yourself and you know, taking that risk to put yourself forward for um, a, a stretch assignment or giving feedback that may not go down as well as you think it might. And once you build that open and, and trusting relationship with um, your manager, then you can, you can, you're much more in touch with how things are changing. And it also puts you in a better place for your own personal growth. It's very true. It's very true. And um, I'm, you know, optimistic again, like I said earlier, that there's a lot of outcomes from these challenging times that we will all look back upon years from now. And, um, you know, I often think about the challenging times I experienced professionally, 2008, 2009, 2001, 2002, uh, times before that too. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult when you're in the middle of a storm to sort of start to sort of feel, you know, the, the things that were of future benefit for you. But I think uh, I, I'm optimistic that we're kind of at that point right now. Fahad, your final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I love the, uh, the, the, the closing statement, which uh, says that uh, establishing a trust is the responsibility of everyone, including the employees. Yep. And yep. I think uh, this statement itself, it, we should have its own podcast for that because then <laughs> it's a different thing. But anyway, guys, I would like really to thank everyone for listening. And Dorothy, I really would like to thank you for your great uh, insights and, and facts and information session that you provided with us. And uh, we're looking forward, of course, uh, having much more podcasts with you. And, uh, and I would like also to thank Brad for your, your amazing questions. And also I'd like to remind <laughs> our, our listeners that in case if you, if, you would, if you are hearing any of our podcasts and any other platforms, Google, iTunes, uh, Spotify or even anchor.fm kindly note that we also have our own copy in our own website which is under resources podcast 
And also I'd like to remind you guys at the end of everything that our slogan is tune in, skill up and pay it forward. For this time, goodbye from Dubai. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dorothy. Thanks, Fad. Thank you. Cheers.